local talk weekday mornings. The Morning Drive News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here. And joining us online now is Vermont's Commissioner of Public Safety, Jen Morrison. Good morning, Commissioner. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Well, we're good, and, and we know you have your hands full. So we're going to get right to some questions. Before we get to a general state of affairs uh, in regard to public safety and with the flooding and everything else going on, I want to get to a more specific question, and that is the situation in Marshfield where we know you were asked about, and the, the governor was asked about the, this in a press conference where they've been without any kind of running water now for, I guess, for 10 days. And there seems to have been some kind of a disconnect between uh, the people of Marshfield and thinking that, apparently that their message hadn't got through to the state in regard to their situation. Can you talk about that a little bit and, and what was the disconnect or, or was there a disconnect? Well, it's uh, thank you for bringing that up. It's really top of mind for me today. Um, first, let me just say this. I know better in my many years of public communication than to try and problem solve or, or find root cause uh, from the podium. So let's be very clear about that. And I'm also really clear that my uh, remark about uh, chit-chatting with the guard came off as flippant. It was not intended to be. Um, So I want to make sure that uh, I'm owning the fact that that was not my best uh, public communication moment. Um, I don't know where the disconnect was or how the disconnect uh, happened because I haven't had an opportunity to fully unpackage it. I I see in my inbox that shortly before midnight, uh, I had an email from the town manager, and I have not had an opportunity to dive into that yet, and I intend to, and to work with my team to see if there was a disconnect. I want to make very clear that it is possible that there was not a disconnect between the operations of the SEOC and the town, and that it was merely a disconnect in what I was uh, apprised of and what, what I knew of when I was speaking from the podium. So, um, I can't give you any details on that. I, the only details I can give you is that we have made multiple water deliveries, including a thousand cases of of bottled water uh, to the town yesterday. Um, so more to come on that. I think uh, I think we need to wait and find out if there was a disconnect. So I don't want to start from the presumption that there was. I think the only thing we can definitively say is that that was not my strongest communication and. Uh, uh, I apologize for any confusion that that has created. So now, we'll, now we will get to the facts and uncover what we need to know about that situation. And I know the uh, the uh, person is quoted in the Digger story, VT Digger story. That's a store owner, I guess, saying, and she's quoted as saying, "I don't know who they're getting their information from because I know our emergency manager couldn't have been clearer that our town does not have any water." Correct. I, I, I read the same story. So I, I read what you read, and we are committed to investigating where the disconnect was. Um, the information that I provided about them being on the boil water notice list was correct, but that is not a fulsome, uh, necessarily a fulsome uh, picture for what their community was experiencing because there's more than one list. Everybody who's on the boil water notice list has to be listed, but that doesn't mean that they aren't also on the no water list. So, again, let's be clear. I need to get facts, um, which I had fragments of from the podium, and and I know better than to try and problem solve on the fly on such an important matter. So 
give us time to get some facts and we'll we'll sort this out. So that's obviously that is now at the top of the radar of the, all the many issues that you're dealing with right now. Well, there's many, many issues. I mean, let's be clear, there's multiple uh, high-priority matters that we are addressing. Uh, it's an iterative process. We are constantly re-triaging throughout the day. So, uh, yeah, this is, this is very high on the list, and as are the needs of all our communities. I mean, um, the, these are unprecedented times, and we have communities with tremendous needs. So we are re-triaging them. But, but yes, investigating the process to ensure that there's not a gap in communication is a, in the highest priority tier right now because if the process has giant gaps, we need to know that immediately. And I, again, I do not start from the presumption that there is a problem. I think I was the problem, but we will find out more and, and have more information later. And uh, can you, Jen, can you give us a sort of a state of the state a little bit, uh, a condensed version of where we are right now, Vermont statewide, in regard to our response? And again, I know that encompasses a lot, but... Yeah, yeah it does. Um, so in terms of response, we are, for today and yesterday, out of the acute rescue phase, although we are staging assets to be prepared for the incoming rain on Friday that could present the threat of flash flooding, uh, landslides and mudslides. So we are continuing to stage our uh, urban search and rescue and swift water assets around the state strategically. Um, there's a tremendous level of response in terms of getting to the communities to assess what their needs are and having communities triage their needs. Um, and try to solve their, their, their needs at the local level or through invoking mutual aid agreements with other communities. Um, and then uh, the emergency management directors triage what their remaining needs are and push those up to the SEOC. Um, certainly, we are uh, keeping high visibility into the work of our partners at the Agency of Transportation who have just been absolutely heroic in restoring roadways um, and assisting local town crews uh, on non-state routes, um, you know, being able to get around and, and between communities and within communities is absolutely essential. And the local road crews and the AOT crews from the state have done a great job restoring that. We, we still have some roads that are out. We certainly have some rail, um, uh, rail lines that are out. Uh, so there's infrastructure needs that are needing to be rebuilt, and then there's the basic needs, uh, like what you highlighted in Marshfield, of folks that need their sewer treatment plans repaired, the plants repaired, uh, water systems back online uh, so that folks can have potable water. Um, that we are addressing needs as they come to the EOC. Um, so I, I'm not sure if there's a specific area you want to talk about or a specific type of response, but the response is ongoing. We are continuing to run our emergency operations center 24-7 um, to be able to meet those needs uh, that are expressed to us by the towns and cities. Uh, it's just, it, it is a massive undertaking that just keeps coming. I, uh, I, I that. that's okay. Uh, I, I bet that rings a million times a day. I, I think about uh, being the commissioner of public safety, uh, in addition to the regular heavy lift you've got, just multiple problems happening all at once and and when you talk about being prepared and then and then you you you've you've worked out of the phase of of just you know rescue then you've got the rebuilding but then you've also got to make sure as you said assets are deployed in the right place so i was in middlebury friday night 
and I work with a volunteer fireman for the Middlebury Fire Department. And thank God, this one of the Swift Water Rescue teams, I think they're from Michigan, were stationed in Middlebury because there was a, a car floating down the river. They got trapped on the bridge. I mean, it was pretty harrowing stuff. And I can only imagine that there must be multiple stories from all over the state that that you that 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 bubble up to you, and you have to kind of triage and figure out what where where go what goes where and how quickly it gets there, and it's just ongoing. Uh, how do you how do you it, do that? It is. It, it's like well, it's, it's never a, ending. Correct. Since Sunday, July 9th, it's been a constant retriaging of resources and personnel. Um, and, you know, it, it's not that I don't move all the chess pieces. I obviously oversee the operation, but we have true subject matter experts who are career expat, experts. Um, Mike Cannon, who oversees the urban search and rescue and Swiftwater rescue teams. Um, you know, he has decades of experience and we, ri- we rely on the people who have this expertise to uh, suggest where we are going to pre-position assets. Um, and we were blessed to be assisted by many out-of-state and uh, teams from other states uh, such as Michigan, North Carolina, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, um, and some federal teams that came to assist us in, in the most acute phase of this situation. Um, but to answer your question specifically, it is a massive amount of information that is coming in and it has to be constantly reviewed and, and reprioritized and we have requests have to be matched with available assets or sent to procurement to try and find them. But there is a structure, a very clear structure that the Emergency Operations Center lies, relies on um, it's not something we made up. It's a national structure, and it's very disciplined, and it is a, a very tight system. So while while the magnitude of need and of the of, of juggling rescues and response with trying to turn the corner to recovery is in, incredibly big, it's it's the largest situation I've you know I've been confronted with in my career. Um, it is also managed manageable because we have a structured system. So we're not just freewheeling it and, and doing things on the fly. As I just explained at the top of this interview, doing things on the fly is where you get into trouble. So, uh, uh, totally get it's that. It's a very structured system. And we're talking this morning to Vermont's Public Safety Commissioner, Jen Morrison. If you have a question for the commissioner, give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline, 888-414-0303. Jen, I know you were not Public Safety Commissioner during Irene, um, but is there have we learned things from Irene, Irene that are helping us now? Oh, yeah, 100%, yes. Um, in fact, I have talked to uh, several people who were involved in the response to Irene uh, preemptively, but as we knew this event was unfolding, um, we also certainly have learned a lot about resiliency and infrastructure. Um, there's many things I could talk about that we've done in the wake of Irene. We did floodplain buyouts to remove homes from these most vulnerable areas. We did riverbank stabilization. We increased the size of culverts when we built back after Irene and used new technologies to allow more water to pass through and not so easily be clogged up by debris. Um, we used a different architecture of bridges. So there were a lot of lessons from Irene that we learned, and, I, and they paid off in this. Um, you know, there were 
dozens of bridges wiped out in Irene, and there have not been dozens of bridges. I think there have been two that were swept away and uh, uh, several more that have damage, of course. Of course, there's damage that's going to need to be remediated, but they're passable. They're usable. Um, so I would say that we absolutely learned a lot from Irene uh, that has benefited us and um, kept some of our infrastructure damage uh, down. And do you think, I know it's we're in the early stages here, but and I'm sure we'll assess this more later, but do you, early on do you think there are things we're going to, can you point to anything you think we're going to learn from this one that will help us in the future? Oh, we're learning. We're learning every day. I mean, be very clear. We are. We're not perfect in this. Uh, we're, we are learning every day. We are clearly learning that uh, that there can be a disconnect between the, the needs of local residents and what makes its way to the SEOC. So, you know, more work to come on that. Um, there's absolutely going to be lessons. Uh, every 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 emergency response. I mean, we debrief every critical incident that we respond to as first responders. So um, this is an iterative process that evolves, and we are committed to learning as we go. And then when we do get the opportunity to take a minute and reflect, um, we are open to feedback from other people that have been impacted and uh, being being prepared to handle the next disaster uh, in an even more uh, efficient way, in a, in a more... Um, in a way that gets people what they need as quickly as possible. Okay, well, we got a call for you. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. How long is the Amazon going to be down for? Oh, Amtrak's down? He, I think that's what he asked. How long? Oh, do I, you know about anything about the Amtrak trains? Um, you know, that's really an agency of transportation thing, but what I, what I suspect he's referring to is the Amtrak trains that have sort of started and stopped running. I think the glitch with that line is the Otter Creek is still too high. And so there's parts of the track that have, have uh, standing water uh, either over them or near them, and they can't run. So I'm, I'm 90% sure that the, that the Amtrak line is because of high water in the Otter Creek. But if the caller is interested, I can get back to them after I consult my colleagues at AOT. And, and Jen, are there? We, we know that the latest thing we've seen are these landslides in particular places in Ripton. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What is? Do we are we worried that there are going to be more of those? Yes, we are worried that there's going to be more of those. Any um, particular area that we're mostly more, more concerned about than others? Uh, be very clear. This is a little out of my lane. This is more a Department of uh, Environmental Conservation through the okay. Agency of Natural Resources. But the information that we have been provided is that areas that are super, super saturated and that have any level of instability, slope instability, can slide up to 30 days after the rainfall event, so when the, until the saturation dissipates, right, um, and that there is frequently no warning to a mud or landslide. Um, so that's what we've been told, and I am confident that that is just a teeny tiny bit of um, the science behind landslides, which I think my colleagues at A&R would be better prepared to speak articulately about. Got it. Um, what, what's the biggest message that you would put out to Vermonters in regard to public safety right now? 
Um, I mean, we we hear stories from time to time, nothing you can do anything about, but store owner in Barry who almost died as the water increased in his store and his, his tenants came in and saved him. What's the biggest message for public safety for people across Vermont and if they're in different situations that may jeopardize their safety? Well, just don't take any chances. I mean, we know that there's the, the possibility of flash flooding in the areas where storm cells will concentrate on Friday. Uh, pay attention. Have situational awareness. Do not ever drive through or walk into floodwaters, rising waters. If you can't see the roadway, do not drive in it or walk in it. Um, and, and to that end, don't go in water that is storm water. There's hazardous materials. There's the risk of electrocution. There's the... There's so many risks uh, uh, to being in the water. Um, the the secondary piece of this is even as we return, uh, you know, to a state of recovery and moving forward, a lot of the times injuries and deaths happen outside the acute phase of of an emergency, and it's during the restoration and cleanup. There's all sorts of debris that is hazardous in our waterways right now. Um, it is not business as usual for our recreational boating and swimming in our waterways. The folks just have to realize the currents are extreme. They are they have not abated yet. Um, water safety, not going into the sludge or water that's left behind because it's not healthy. Um, these are all things that we need to think about outside the scope of um, you know rescuing people from trees or the tops of roofs and stuff like that. These are things that we really need to take a minute and say: predictable is preventable. Let's prevent injuries and deaths in the cleanup phase. When you, uh, just a few minutes left here, Jen, when you, we had the tragic death of uh, Katie Hartnett in Huntington, the Huntington River. Um, How does that work in regard to the call comes into you that there's a car, that there's a person that's missing? Um, How how does that work in regard to your agency when, when, when you get a call like that? So I can't speak specifically to Katie's case. Um, that is still, I don't have all the information on that. That's, that's a really new uh, case and an absolute tragedy of a beautiful young woman whose life was lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can speak in general terms about my experience in policing, which is that um, if an abandoned vehicle call comes in, um, the officer would, it's, it would not come in as a high priority case just fact that it's an abandoned vehicle um, that might be in, that would be investigated if it came in in connection with a missing person complaint that would certainly um, be clues that would be connected together and that people would follow up on and try to piece together where that person might have gone based on where the vehicle was uh, so I'm not sure exactly what you're trying to ask me but I, I can't speak specific to the Katie Hartnett case other than to say it's a awful tragedy and um you know her dad's a friend of mine and that nothing could be more heartbreaking than uh what appears to be the accidental death of a woman in her prime yeah no it's horrible um do you think that the i mean again my understanding is that there were lots of other young people not where katie was but at the gorge should people be going to the gorge or anything like that right now you know, I'm not clear exactly where Katie was relative to the gorge. I, my understanding is she was upstream yeah. of the gorge on a river, on a river area. But right. again, it goes back to my point that our rivers are not business as usual. There's extremely strong currents, 
lots of debris and hazards in there. Um, I, I would not suggest that my child recreate in the river, and I certainly would not suggest they go down to the gorge during this time. However, I don't believe that Katie Hartnett, at least the information I've heard, is I don't believe she intended to be in the water at no, all. So. No, I, I believe right. that's right, too. I just, I just had understood that there were plenty of other people that were in the... She was upstream or whatever, that the, but there were others that were actually at the gorge. And I hear that, and I'm kind of like, geez, should anybody be in that area? No, they shouldn't. I mean, I, I don't know what to say as a, as a law enforcement practitioner and as a mom. You know, people sometimes take very risky behavior and, and run with it when, you know, all evidence to the contrary, this is not a safe thing to do. So I'll echo what I've said for a few, t you know, the last few press conferences, which is don't take chances. Uh, be safe. Recognize that we are not back to business as usual in any of our waterways, including the gorge, um, and, and just use extra caution. And don't don't become a person who needs to be rescued, right? It diverts resources away from other rescues that were that were unavoidable. And and as you said, stay out of any flood water period because it's got all kinds of contaminants in it. Yes, it does. Any other message you want to get out there here with less than a minute left? Oh, I just want to say how strong and resilient Vermonters have been. It, it has been incredible to see the stories of neighbors helping neighbors and communities helping communities. And I also want Vermonters to know how um, strongly the rest of the country is leaning into our situation. We have had offers of assistance from around the country uh, and people are, are, people are watching, people see us uh, and, and they see our situation. Um, so uh, we're going to get through this, Vermont. We are going to get through this um, together. We'll get through this. All right, Vermont's Public Safety Commissioner Jen Morrison, thanks for all the hard work you're doing to get us back uh, where we need to be. Thanks for being on the morning drive today.